Welcome to this episode of Consider It Blacklet. I am Kim, your host. And for those of you tuning in for the first time, Consider It Blacklet highlights films, television programs, and stage plays that feature African-Americans up front and behind the scenes. We also discuss social issues as it relates to some of these programs and how they may or may not impact our communities. So thank you for tuning in and we hope you continue to tune in each week. Today, it is my pleasure to highlight Rillaman Productions, a company that is doing great things behind the scenes. And it is my pleasure to have the founder and CEO of the company, Tony Israel. Welcome, Tony. Oh, thank you very much. Um, a pleasure, Kim. Um, this has been a highlight of my day um, to have this interview with you. It's been long overdue, um, but I thank you for the platform to really talk about some things with Rillaman Productions and all that we're doing. So thank you. Okay, you're welcome. So let's start off. Tell our audience, Rillaman Productions, what is the company? What do you do? Rillaman Productions, our focus is that we specialize in promotions of producing film, television, music, and theater, Broadway and off-Broadway. We also have a purpose. We range in services for marketing, public relations, audience development to sponsorships and a social media strategy. Okay, that sounds great. So tell us, what did you do before you started your company? Okay, so my my travels, um, and I'll say my journey to um, New York, to all that offers with Broadway and Off-Broadway, um, came in an unorthodox way, but I was still on a path. Um, I come from a financial background, um, so I did fixed assets, um, financials in biopharmaceutical finance, a very um, eclectic um, place to be, very far from theater, but I always had a love of theater. Um, I was introduced to theater from a young age um, with my mother, so I credit her. My mother has passed, um, never got a chance to see me in New York, but she took me to my first Broadway show where I fell in love with Broadway. And I always tell the story and that's where Broadway chose me. Um, in this whole pandemic situation, how has your company been able to operate? You know, uh, we we didn't know. <laughs> you know, the pandemic offered um, uh, some strange times um, with everyone, um, you know, with Broadway shutting down, um, no work out there for actors, um, actresses, um, and then all the people that were behind the scenes. Broadway went dark, so everyone really went on a pause. And we call it now a pivot, but it was a pause. Uh, Rilla Men had the opportunity to do a lot of writing for Broadway shows. So as theaters was, you know, taking um, notice and really taking strides, I'll use that word, into Black Lives Matter, we really did um, thrive in our writing skills because they looked to Rillaman Productions because we're Black-owned, Black-led, um, to do some writing, just to make sure that the theaters got it right. So we definitely applaud those theaters who came to us um, with, you know, our help and our expertise in their statements. Talk to us, did you have any major projects planned before the shutdown that may have been disrupted because of the shutdown? Um, everything shut down. <laughs> I mean, we had uh, Broadway shows that we were attached to. We had I mean, our cultural institutions that we were attached to. We had dance companies that we were attached to. We had over maybe six, six or so clients at the time and everything shut down. 
So there was no money coming in, um, but coming from a financial background, you know, we, we were very financial savvy. So we had money in a bank that sustained us through. Oh, that's good. So these, these uh, theater companies and people you work with your clients, exactly what did you do for that? It was mostly like promotions for them. Marketing and promotions and PR. So mm-hmm. we really specialize in BIPOC. Um, and when I say Bi- BIPOC, everyone uses the acronym. So that's Black Indigenous People of Color. So we really go after the diverse audience along with what we say in Broadway, the mainstream audience. So different theaters would hire us to bring in that audience of color. So that could be anything from a range of emails, um, public relations, um, Probably social media is a big component of um, really getting in front of audience of color. Um, Specials that we have, so it could be discount codes, but we speak to that audience. Mm -hmm. Um, So so that's your service when you say audience development, that's what you're doing. Yes, but we did get a chance to expand in the pandemic and we brought on two, um, two press agents. So we have two publicists right now. So that has expanded our scope as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I think you guys uh, perform an important service because, you know, traditionally, a lot of people of color don't come to Broadway. Why do you think that is? I will say this in one sentence. It's because I won't say what Broadway shows. I'll, I'll just say it in a general sense. Um, those audience have to be marketed too. So if you're just talking to your mainstream theater goer that reads the New York Times and sees a show because the New York Times has given it a great review, you're not talking to the people of color audience that might read, let's say, Amsterdam News and is looking for a show to go to. So it's a different way that you talk to different audiences. So that's our expertise. So and I also found that, you know, some of the people that I talk to had said that Broadway is so expensive, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So even though they may want to attend a show, uh, it's expensive. What advice could you give to someone who wants to start going, you know, when the pandemic lifts and if things go back to normal, how to get the best bang for their buck in terms of getting tickets? Okay, so I'm I'm gonna use that in a twofold answer. Uh, One might contradict each other, but it is a direct answer. So first I will say in our culture, and I'm just gonna use the the black culture, we have to um, value what theater brings. So when you have those experiences as a child and you become, you get the love of theater, you will pay the price for a theater ticket because it's something that gets into your DNA. You wanna see live theater. Then there's also the person that wants to go to a Broadway show that's looking for a discount because they need a discount. So that we do have those offers as well. So you have to follow, you know, different companies like Rillerman Productions. So when we get, when we're in the room talking to the producers and they offer us a discount code, we then, you know, email that out, social media that out and really try to get people the more bang for the buck with the dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that everybody should keep in mind if they do want to start looking at plays. Realman Productions, guys. Let me ask you this. What do you think Broadway will look like post-pandemic? Do you think it will get back to normal? Do you think we will start operating differently going forward on a permanent basis? 
Tell me your thoughts on that. That is a great question. And I'm going to give you my opinion in reference to that. I hope Broadway does not come back the same. Um, right now, during the pandemic, when, you know, George Floyd and Aubrey, when all those things hit in 2019, 2020, <laughs> this is so funny because <laughs> we lost 2020. But when all those things hit and a lot of folks were affected and you started seeing these coalitions started to form in different aspects, not just in arts and entertainment, but we need more BIPOC folks at the table making those decisions mm -hmm. about theater, about film. So no, I don't want it to come back at the, at, at the same. I want it to come back different. I want it to come back more inclusive, more diversity. Um, we now have spoken. So now we have to do the work as far as getting more seats at the table. So if I have the opportunity to bring on, you know, people from the Real Men team in those meetings where there's a more diverse cast, when you're not just looking at all, let's, I'll just put it out there, all white folks at the table. When all white folks at the table, that's a problem. We need to see more diverse at the table making decisions. Mm. So no, I don't want Broadway to come back the same. Okay, I hear you. Um, Let's go back to a little bit about your background. You had mentioned that you were in financial services and then you kind of transitioned over to Broadway. For those who may be thinking about, you know, um, transitioning into something that's totally different, mm -hmm. you know, talk about what you did to do it and what advice you may give someone. Um, Real Men Productions also, we do a lot of mentoring and that part I'm very, very proud of. Um, because I have several mentors. Um, so I'm going to start there. One is Myra Isaacs um, from McCarter. Well, she used to be from McCarter Theater, Emily Mann from McCarter Theater. They really did teach me about marketing. I didn't know I was being taught. So I do feel that young folks should do more volunteering, um, even if it comes to high schools, college, your church, um, things like that. When you can do behind the scene things, you can get public speaking um, opportunities, yes. Mm. So you get your confidence up as far as speaking to large crowds. You know, working in your, your church and things like that, you see what's happening behind the scenes or how things are created. Even when it comes to the pastor preaching, there's a whole team behind him that's doing things. So you can get acclimated that way. Then if you have school productions, you know, theater productions, local productions, you know, get involved. You'll learn a lot. So... I think I went off script with the question, but that's no, your answer. No, no, <laughs> yeah, it's that's perfect. Volunteering. Yeah, volunteering. That does a lot and you get a lot of experience. So when you get to college, you might want to be in a musical. It's not just the people who are on stage, the cast. It's a whole group. And I mean, a big group of people who makes that production tick. Mm, mm. Okay. Okay. Now, do you have uh, volunteer opportunities with your company when you do projects? Um, I won't say they're volunteering um, opportunities. We do have interns, but we don't like to say interns. We will bring them on as an assistant. So we do believe in paid internship. I don't like to um, just have people on the team that's not getting paid in some type of way. Mm -hmm. um, even if it is just the experience, um, we do want to compensate. But um, for our team, we have different folks who specialize in different areas. So that's why we have a team of 10 with Rilla Men. 
Um, we have um, our one of our few gentlemen on the team is Bilal Benjamin. He does our digital media. We have uh, Richard Pelzer. He does our outreach, um, especially in New York. Um, he's um, affiliated with a lot of different organizations there. So when we want to bring big groups to theater projects, he's a part of our team. Um, I have my nephew, Brandon Forbes. He's like my personal assistant. I have been teaching Brandon since probably since he has been in, in high school. So he knows a lot about the business. Um, Janetta Robinson, which is my right and left hand. Um, she is our managing director. So she's with me on all of our projects. We have two publicists, I'm proud to say that. And everyone from the Realman team knows, I love to say that we have a publicist now. Amanda Haynes, um, she is phenomenal. And then she also has an associate producer that works with her and her name is Marche Monet. Um, we've just hired a, um, college student um, that just graduated. She wanted to learn more about film and television. So her name is Sydney Regis. And then I have um, a friend who has been uh, with me since the beginning um, of my tenure in New York and her name is Shereen Anderson. Um, we met with working at uh, Walker Communications with Donna Walker Kuhn is still my mentor or one of my mentors and she does media relations for us. That's awesome. It sounds like you have a fantastic team. It's an awesome team. I, yeah. I will lift them up in every way I can. They are awesome. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Apollo. I know before everything shut down, we were actually going to do a project together to go see a film, uh, not a film, a, a production that was happening at the Apollo with Felicia Rashad was directing, but yeah. all of that got canceled. But talk to us about some of the other work you've done with the Apollo, the world famous <laughs> Apollo. Yes, the world famous Apollo Theater. You know, um, Apollo Theater and McCarter Theater is one of those clients that I will always call family. Um, whether we are working on a project or not, they are a part of Rilla Men's um, DNA. Apollo Theater um, started out from Donna Walker Kuhn. She did um, group sales there and community outreach. Um, when she passed the baton to myself, uh, which was a great honor, um, I took on the mantle and actually continued on with group sales and audience development for the Apollo Theater. So Apollo Theater, um, again, the world famous Apollo Theater, um, has a whole group sales uh, department. So we work with the box office. So we're there to bring in folks to Amateur Night and whatever specialty show that they have. Um, great organization, um, phenomenal, you know, iconic. You, there's nothing else you could say. It's, it's the Apollo Theater. So just to be there with that rich history, you know, from James Brown all the way up to um, what, I mean, I can even say DMX to the late DMX. Um, so everyone that has crossed that stage, it is phenomenal. Every day when I go into that building, um, it's just like a wow factor. It's just like, wow. Apollo Theater is a client. So pretty cool. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so you've been working from home mostly. Uh, do you look forward to going back into the office? Oh, I've been working from home the whole <laughs> year plus. Um, uh, yes, I miss New York. I want to go back to New York. Um, <laughs> badly. I miss the energy. I miss, I miss the people. Um, you know, New York just has a different vibe to it. You know, it's the culture, it's the people. Um, you can go from Harlem to Midtown to all the different boroughs. And it, it's, I mean, there's no one like it. It's New York City. So I miss it. I want to go back now. 
Well, it's still here. <laughs> we, we've been there on a few occasions. We was there for the Black Lives Matter um, mural painting um, in Harlem. So we've done some things there. Oh, great, great, great. Let's talk a little bit about some of the organizations that you're affiliated with. You are a member of CTI Commercial Theater Institute. Tell us about yeah. that organization. CTI, um, that's another one I would tell people to go through, um, go to and take a course um, with CTI. You know, if you can get someone to write a letter of recommendation as far as to go into the producer, um, three-day intensive um, course also, um, you should do that. I'm saying three-day, that's not correct. Um, they do have a three-day course, but then they also have a producer course. Um, Commercial Theater Institute, it teaches you the nuts and bolts of um, theater. It takes you from marketing to press, to lawyers, to producers. If you want to know the one-on-one -on -one with a theater, look up CTI. Um, I am definitely a proud alumni of them. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So also tell us about the Industry Standard Group. That's an organization that you helped launch with some other producers. Yes, um, we are. There's eight founding members of uh, the Industry Standing Group, and we call ourselves TISG for short. So that is the acronym. The mission for that is the Industry Standard Group um, is a multimedia commercial investment and producing organization uh, with the intentional focus is to promote work reflecting diversity, increase the presence of BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, people of color, investors and producers, and in the commercial producing field, expanding the access to opportunities granted to BIPOC communities within the industry. It is a phenomenal organization. Um, I would suggest, strongly suggest to folks, follow us on Facebook under um, TISG.fund. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, TISG underscore fund, F-U-N-D. We're on LinkedIn. Um, our hashtag is TISG F-U-N-D. Um, fantastic organization. The eight of us um, uh, together, um, I always say, we bring our different skill set to this organization and we are truly BIPOC. To see us on a, um, a Zoom and we do weekly Zooms, it is a array of colors um, an array of nationalities. It is a phenomenal organization. So please look us up. Tony, why don't you tell our audience about this organization, CTT, that you've been involved with? Absolutely. Um, CTT, COVID Theater Think Tank. That is our official name. Um, it's a consortium of theater professionals across the nation. We represent uh, multiple disciplines in the corners of the industry from Broadway to off-Broadway to regional artists, managers. Uh, we joined forces with leading frontline health experts, including um, folks from CUNY, um, graduate school um, of public health. Our goal is to research and address the unique the uniqueness and the challenges facing um, theater industry emerging from the pandemic. That's it in a nutshell. So what I'm gonna say in a short version, COVID Think Tank, um, a group of theater professionals that got together to do um, different Zoom calls to really talk about what the industry would need when we reopen. So we talk about everything from air quality to face mask, um, to backstage, to what the cast will need. Um, all the people who 
um, I'll use the word who are the nuts and bolts of any particular production in a specific theater. Mm. And I think that's important too, because you want people to have confidence when they come back to watch the theater, because there is some hesitation. Uh, especially people in our community, we've been affected the most by it. So we have a closer relationship to people who have passed. So there could be hesitation. And it's good to know that this think tank is, you know, exists to try mm -hmm. to keep everybody safe and also to bring the theater back into the forefront. So absolutely. Um, and I will even, even, um, tag on to that, we had our first town hall on April 1st. So when you have a company like Rillerman Productions that is in the meetings, again, um, stating that when you're in these conversations, it's always good to have diverse people in the conversation. So just like you stated, um, Kim, you know, we need to have representation of Black folks. So when we can talk about what the Black community, you know, how we suffered, how we are suffering from um, COVID-19 more so just because, you know, we're on the front lines. We are the bus workers. We're the supermarket um, attendees. We're the restaurant um, servers and, um, you know, UPS and all of those, Federal Express, we're the, the drivers. So we are on the front line. So it was so important uh, for Real Men Productions when we got together to talk about this town hall to really have input and to get black doctors involved. Uh, when I was doing a little research on you, I found this video where you talked about a full circle moment about the whiz. <laughs> why don't you, you tell our audience about that? Why the whiz is so special to you? Oh, the whiz. Um, the whiz was, it wasn't my first Broadway production. Um, my first Broadway production was the Arms Too Short to Box with God. But right after Arms Too Short to Box with God, um, my mom had tickets to go see The Wiz. And she, I remember this very fondly. She looked at me and said, baby, I can't take you to go see The Wiz. And I'm like, "This, what do you mean? I can't see The Wiz? I wanted to see all the pageantry. I wanted to see all of everything that The Wiz offered from seeing, you know, The Wizard of Oz. But this was The Wiz. This was our version of that particular um, production. So um, I remember that, oh, it was... A bittersweet moment. I was I was really really young, uh, but my full circle moment came when so Andrew DeShields played the Wiz on Broadway. So now my full circle moment. I'm working on the play. Well, Rillerman is working on the play Katie's Town, which then is another full circle moment with Myra Isaacs because she's one of the lead producers of that. And there Andre DeShields was playing the lead in Katie's Town. And I'm going, oh my God, I get a chance to work with Andre the Shields from The Wiz. And the, the bittersweet moment is my mom didn't get a chance to see that. So oh. I know she's with me. She didn't get a chance to see me work in New York at all. Oh. But after she passed, I had the, I, I had that, you know, that push, but it, it wasn't physically, it was mentally. When she passed, it was like, okay, I've done what I needed to do with my mom, for my mom. And it was like, she said, go for it. And I went for it. And the full first full circle moment was meeting Andre DeShields. And I was like, okay, this is where I, I need to be. I am on my path. I am living in my purpose. 
and I'm doing what needs to be done. So I definitely credit my mom, my church, uh, McCarter Theater, and Donna Walker Kuhn. That's mm. my that is my step step. So I will I will say that in every interview that I do. So it's not just Tony doing it. Realman Productions is a company, and my mentors are great. <laughs> so <laughs> I do um, suggest to young folks to get a mentor. Get a mentor. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. So we we're wrapping up almost, but I like to ask my guests during the pandemic, what are you watching? What do you like to stream? <laughs> I'm working. I, don't <laughs> I mean, we have so many clients right now. The TV does not come on. I don't watch anything in real time. Wow. Um, on my laptop all day, every day, Zooming. And I mean, we're having this interview on a Saturday. So Saturday and Sundays are still like work days for me. What was the last thing I saw? I did see Audra Day. I did see that. I did see that. I saw Chadwick in um, Ma Rainey's. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Black Bottom. Um, all of our clients are doing virtual things. So we're watching the virtual shows that we're promoting. So <laughs> zoomed out. Oh, that's real. I'm zoomed out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally, I feel your pain, <laughs> but it's a good pain because you're busy. So it's good to see. And yeah. I, I say that with a light heart. Um, we definitely love the busyness. We love the busyness. Okay. But really the last thing that I saw on TV, the news. I mean, I stay on CNN. Oh, it's, it's not too, you know, it's not exciting. <laughs> CNN. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> So before we sign off, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you and find out more about your company or engage you in your services, how could they reach you? Uh, we are on Facebook, <laughs> Instagram. We're starting back with Twitter because we have young folks on the team. I don't tweet. I don't do that. <laughs> so Rillamen Productions, and I'll spell that out. Rillamen, R-E-A-L. E as in Edward, M as in Mary, N as in Nancy, productions with an S dot com. Well, there you have it. Rillaman Productions. Thank you, Tony Israel, for joining us today. Thank you, audience, for tuning in. And until next week, consider yourself Blacklit. Thank you. <laughs>